Hi, I'm your host, Rick Sessinghaus, and excited to launch Flow Golf Podcast. Each episode, we will share stories, interview experts, and share cutting edge strategies for peak performance. Here's my co-host, Hallam Morgan, to explain more about Flow Code Golf. Thanks, Rick. Flow Code Golf is a framework of strategies, principles, and techniques that take us from fear to the state of flow, the state of optimal performance, and the zone where we play our best golf. You can find out more about Flow Code Golf at www.flowcode.golf. And I just want to finish up by saying this podcast is as much your podcast as it is ours. So please ask questions, provide feedback, and get engaged. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Rick, I think we've hit a milestone, episode 30 of the Flow Golf Podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about expectations and standards. We're obviously working with some fantastic players, um, some players that are looking to play in the professional game, some players that are, of course, looking to become collegiate golfers and beyond. And it becomes super important to manage expectations and also to set standards. But for everyone listening, they might even be asking this question right now. Okay, I kind of get that, but aren't they the same thing? Expectations, standards, what, what's the difference? So in your eyes, Rick, what's the difference between expectations and standards? Sure. And again, expectations, as you play better golf, you expect more. I mean, that's, that's just a natural thing. We have to manage these expectations. So if I finally break 80, okay, um, there might be now an expectation I'm going to break 80 again. Makes sense, right? My, my skills are getting better and stuff like that. But if I don't break 80 and I shoot 82, sometimes that's frustrating. Oh, I didn't meet my expectations. Okay. So there's a fine line here. Expectations are not always in your control. Um, when I have, and I usually never phrase it, what are your expectations? But unfortunately, it comes back that way from my, from my students. And so I may say, you know, what are your standards or what are your goals for an event? But I always get expectations back. Well, you know what, Rick? I should never three putt, and I really should uh, be, you know, shoot below seventy four. And I should. And whenever you use that word "should," that's really a trigger that there's an expectation that's going to happen afterwards. Okay. Um, so we have to be careful that the expectations, like I should never miss a green from hundred yards. I should always get up and down. It sounds kind of empowering. It sounds, in a way, positive. Like, yeah, I should get up and down all the time but you're not okay. I hate to break it to everybody out there, um, but you're not. So you're setting yourself up with unrealistic expectations. When we do not meet our expectations, that is basically the definition of frustration. Now we're in a frustration loop and good luck getting out. So we certainly are going to get let down on a golf course. We're certainly not going to say, you know, ah, dang it. I didn't, you know, I, I three putted from 20 feet. It happens. Okay. But when the expectation kicks in, it does, there's no learning from it. It's just completely a fueling frustration and anger. So everybody out there, when you use the word should, that's usually a trigger that there's an expectation to follow. I should never three put. I should always break par. I should fill in the blank. And unfortunately, not all of that is in your control. So when we look at expectations, that's one way. What I like to look at are standards. What are you going to hold yourself to that is in your control? A standard could be a behavior. Rick, I'm going to play this round of golf with a full pre-shot routine. 
And my standard I'm going to hold to myself is I'm not going to hit the shot unless this visualization is at an eight, nine, or 10 in clarity. Woo. That is a cool statement. That is a very clear standard and clear intention. Is that under their control? You bet. The ball's not moving. They have the discipline and the self-awareness to go, oh, I told Coach Rick, I'm not hitting this shot until I can see this shot at an eight, nine, or 10 with clarity. I just did it. Awesome. Good. I met my standard. That's what we're talking about. Okay. What are the behaviors? What are the things that are in your control that we can measure? Did it happen or not? And that would lead us. These standards, again, are to lead us to better performance, everybody. Okay. But have get clarity on what are those standards you're going to hold for yourself. We've talked about this in a podcast about identity. Who's the type of player you're going to be? Well, the standards are a part of that. So I could go on a long dissertation on this, Alan, but it's very important for us to identify standards that are in our control that will lead to better performance, everybody. Yet we get wrapped into expectations because, yes, we get better and better. But unfortunately, those expectations could cause interference down the road. Absolutely. No, I love that. I was going to say that expectations are usually outcome based, whereas standards are usually behavior based. And I think that's so much more powerful. And that kind of differentiates between that controllable versus uncontrollable. So super powerful there. You mentioned there, Rick, um, identifying our standards. How can people, how can listeners identify their standards? How should they even go about doing that? You mentioned one that could be, right, I'm going to hold myself to the standard of executing on this pre-shot routine and not executing on it until 8, 9, 10 in the visualization clarity. But there's so many standards that I could hold myself to. So many standards, especially in today's world where we have access to so much information through YouTube, podcasts, all sorts. How do I identify what standards to hold myself to? versus looking at what other people are holding themselves. Right. Well, let's keep this uh, episode below three hours then, okay? <laughs> um, is that you're right. There's a lot of things that we could hold our standards to. Uh, you and I usually talk about behaviors and, and certain things like that. It could be, a, and this is a behavior, like I'm going to hold myself to a standard that I'm going to get eight hours of sleep per night. That's a standard that I'm going to set. Why do I want that? Because I want to be fresh and have plenty of energy the next day, be able to think clearly, be able okay, that's a standard I'm setting forth that, yeah, it'll help my golf game, but it'll help my life, right? So I think it's back to goals, though, is what is your goal? And then you and I always try to do reverse engineering. What's going to help us get that goal? Some of it's technical. Hey, I want to hit the, I want to lower my handicap by two, uh, by two. And one way to do that is an increased club head speed by 15 miles an hour. I'm going to do that through the gym. Awesome. But going to the gym now becomes the standard. It becomes, I need to do this to equal that. So reverse engineering a goal, I think is fantastic way to start to identify what are the behaviors and standards that need to show up every day, everybody, uh, to lead you to that. Okay. This is not about quick fixes. This is not about those type of things. So I would start there, Hallam, is let's get clear on what the goal is. And then also the, the, the other question I have for people is when was there a time that you played great golf? And they think back, oh, yeah, yeah, I had this one round. You know, I, I man, I was hot, man. Everything was good. I go, okay, what are the things that were in your control that day that you think helped you do that? Now they may say, oh, my swing was good. And I go, fine, great. Swing was great. What do you think led to that? Well, I was, I was in tempo. Okay, what do you think led to that? You know what? Now that I think about it, I got to the golf course in plenty of time. I did my stretching. I wasn't rushed. I had a good attitude. I couldn't wait to play. I'm going, ah, maybe some of those things could be the recipe for success. 
Absolutely. And then we can kind of double down on those. Hey, I do need to do my stretching before I tee off. I do need to remind myself of the mindset I want to bring to the first tee. That's how I would start to identify standards is through goals and also through past success. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Flow Golf Podcast. Whether you're a coach or a golfer, we have something for everyone at Flow Code Golf Academy. I'm so excited to announce that Rick Sessinghouse has launched two new masterclasses that you can access for free. One for a coach on how to grow your coaching business and another for golfers on how to master your mental game. To gain free access, you just need to head to www.flowcode.golf forward slash masterclasses. We look forward to welcoming you to the Flowcode family. Love it. No, I love it because I think that it's so easy and I mentioned all the different information that we have available to us now, but it's so easy to go, Tiger Woods looks like he gets up at five o'clock in the morning. That's the standard I'm going to set for myself. I love how you made sure that it's very personal to each individual in understanding what goals do you want to achieve? I mean, do you really want to achieve the same goals as Tiger Woods? There's a lot of sacrifices that come with that. And also, are we all really capable? The answer is definitely no. So what goals do you have? Because yours are very different to a Tiger Woods. Now start to understand what standards you need to hold yourself to in order to achieve those goals. But also you mentioned the other side, Rick, and I love that. And it's something that I'm so passionate about, but your own personal experiences. And you mentioned kind of the good experiences, the positive experiences where, although there are no positive or negative, just an experience that we can learn from, but there the may be more beneficial experiences and how that can help us set standards because we can reflect back and say, what was I holding myself to during that? Because that got the outcome that I was looking for. I'm going to repeat those same things. But also we can look at the maybe less beneficial experiences <laughs> because we can start to actually understand what standards we didn't hold ourselves to and then identify the ones we do. And an exercise, and I think I might've talked about this before, but an exercise I do with a lot of my clients is we go through kind of experiences, significant experiences, both on the so-called positive and then negative side. And we look at every single one over the last kind of two years or so. We make a long, long list. It's a great reflection process, fantastic. Then we ask for each experience, what lessons did you learn from those experiences? Because every single one, whether positive or negative, we create lessons, we learn lessons. And then from those lessons, we actually create these standards, or I call them principles. So I'm kind of going to interchange the two words. Sure. I know they're slightly different, but I call them principles that I can ultimately then make decisions with and live my life yes. going forward. Because, and it was a guy, Ray Dalio, and I know we speak a lot about him, but he essentially says that we constantly face another one of those, another one of those, another one of those. And we ultimately go through these cycles. So if we've faced a certain situation in the past, the chances are we're going to face a very similar situation in the future. So if we look back at these experiences, if we learn from those experiences, and then we create principles from those lessons, that can then help us make a better decision the next time we face that experience. And you can, again, call this principles or standards but you use those standards to then help you make better decisions going forward. That's correct. And, yeah, sorry. No, sorry to cut you off, but, but I think they're, they're, the principles and standards are very, very similar. And I think principles can now feed to a standard, right? Like a standard of I am going to play golf today um, with a gratitude mindset. And I'm going to remind myself of why I'm out here. Um, but the principle behind it could be even more specific, right? And, and, and I can do my gratitude journal in the morning. I can do. So I think they're, they, they definitely work together. And, you know, you and I are hel helping people understand they get to create those. Yep. 
we can give them ideas and stuff, but they will figure out some that, that trigger a, a, a positive experience or a positive golf shot, all those type of things that we, we know um, people are, are looking for. But people are not understanding, again, what led to the result as much. They either say, oh, I got lucky or my swing was in a groove. Fine. But there's got to be things below that. You and I have talked about layering. You and I talked in one of our past uh, podcasts about a performance loop. Those are things like a standard now is I am going to be very aware in my performance loop where my attention is. That is my standard. I am not going to hit a golf shot until I've asked those proper questions. Now, those again, those build up. That becomes your habit. That becomes your subconscious. You're going to get better results. You are. Absolutely. No, I love that. And the second part then of having standards and living in alignment with principles or standards is yes, you're going to become more successful because you're going to make better decisions that move you towards the goal that we spoke about, that we mapped out. But I also truly believe that you'll be more fulfilled as well because when you start to live in alignment with the things you believe in and that you believe are important, that makes you more fulfilled. If I'm living in alignment with what, I, what Tiger Woods believes is, is more important, that doesn't really make me more fulfilled. I'm living a life that isn't really mine. I'm living and making decisions that aren't really in alignment with what I believe in. So I think that's super powerful. And the second part of that, when you've made that decision, when you've created the standards, is you're much more likely to sustain them over the long term. If you've just taken it off of a, a YouTube video, or if you've just taken it off of something simple and gone, oh, I probably should do that because I saw so-and-so do it, I'm going to try and make that my standard. There's no real story. There's no real meaning behind it. And that's the importance of going through this process of setting your goal, really understanding why you want to achieve that goal, going back through your past experiences, understanding what lessons you learn, creating the standards that are connected to what you've experienced and what you want to achieve. And then there's a story behind it. There's a meaning behind it. And you're so much more likely to sustain it over the long term. So I think that's super important when we talk about standards there. Exactly. And, and I think that's when you and I talk a lot about self-awareness is that you can always look back at your standards. Are they serving you or not? Are they getting you closer to your goal? Um, I think that's a constant back to performance loop. That's a, a constant post shot, post round, post month routine. Uh, I'm going to say, hey, am I getting closer to my goals or not? I think that's a, a realistic, very powerful goal. Am I getting closer or not? And is any of my standards, have I met those standards? Oh, I have, huh? But I'm still not to my goal. Maybe, maybe I have to shift something. Maybe I have to, that's fine. Uh, but I think people don't even start with understanding the standards and behaviors that they have to hold themselves to. And that was a key thing, hold themselves to, okay? A standard is not doing it when you feel like doing it. It is doing it, okay? And that's a whole other podcast for us to talk about. <laughs> but um, but I think I, in this one, I want everybody to understand that expectations are, are usually out of your control. Uh, they usually set us up for um, frustration because we're not going to meet them. Yet standards, I think, helps our motivation. I think it helps us uh, have um, alignment with our goals. And those are the things that are in your control. And when you do it more and more and more, this is another definition of confidence. When you do the tough things over and over again, uh, you now believe in your own self like, hey, I'm the type of person that can do that pre-shot routine. I'm the type of person that can get to the golf course early and do my stretching. That is so powerful for not only golf, but for life. Absolutely. No, I love that. And that's something, again, that I speak a lot about with my clients is there is a process here. First of all, we need to very consciously stick to these standards. We need to ensure that we are very aware that we're executing on the standards. But over time, the ideal goal is that we ultimately embed it into our subconscious and we just start acting as though 
we are that kind of person that lives in alignment with those standards. We don't really need to then be conscious of them or thinking about them for the long, long term. But you mentioned there as well, goals may change. Experiences, we have different experiences. So don't just set your standards and leave them forever. The same way we don't set goals and leave them the same forever. Constantly be going back, assessing the experiences you've had, understanding do I still want to even head in that direction and then do the standards that I'm holding myself to match that path that I'm heading on. So super important there. Awesome. So everybody out there, we want great results. We, we want to go strive towards those goals, but be very careful of setting yourself up for frustration uh, because you're only trying to meet expectations. It's, it's time now to create some standards, live those standards and get and move closer to those goals. Love it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Flow Golf Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. And as always, please reach out if you have any feedback or suggestions that we can implement to bring more value to our community. Community plays a huge role in what we do at Flowcode Golf Academy, and we're passionate about creating a group of like-minded coaches and golfers who want to improve their mental game and help others do the same. I'm also excited to announce that Dr. Rick Sessinghouse has launched two new masterclasses that you can gain free access to. He's created one for coaches on how to grow your coaching business and another for golfers on how to master your mental game. You can gain free access now by heading to www.flowcode.golf forward slash masterclasses and we look forward to welcoming you to the Flowcode family.